Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. I'm Pastor Craig Mason. I'll be ministering tonight uh, in their stead while they're getting some much-needed rest. Amen? Amen. So again, we're going to go into the word. We're going to begin with prayer and uh, see where the Lord leads us. Amen? So if you would open up your hearts, open up your ears to hear the word. Father, we thank you and we just give you glory. We magnify your holy name. Be glorified in and through any, everything that we do and say on tonight. Father, I thank you for wording my mouth, wording my heart. Father, give me the words to speak, Father God, clearly, succinctly. Father, to meet the needs of your people, Father God. Give them an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Father, we just thank you even right now that you clear our minds, clear our hearts of the day, Father God, all the hustle and the bustle and all the things that we've gone through. Father, we thank you for clearing all those thoughts, all those weights, all the things that would beset us, Father God. We thank you for it right now. Father, we magnify your holy name and we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for those that are tuning in via the internet, Facebook, or YouTube. Thank you for joining us on tonight. So tonight I'm going to bring a word on the topic called, What's on your heart? What's on your heart? In light of uh, every, everything that's been going on in the news and media and all the mass shootings and everything that's been going on, everybody's hearts are heavy or they're, they're thinking about things in one way or another, but just life in general, through the, living through the pandemic and just day to day and getting back to some place of normalcy. There's just so much that's going on in the lives of every, everyone in, in America and around the world. Amen? It says, all, in, in the Bible, heart and mind are interchangeable. In most cases in the New Testament, the word heart is used about 700, in about 785 scriptures throughout the Bible and about 880 occurrences where it's used. The word heart, our mind, our innermost thoughts, our deepest feelings, you know, where God tries to get us to focus in even more. So if there's 785 scriptures regarding our heart or our mind in regards to guarding our heart, guarding our mind, then it must be important to God. Amen? I remember years ago, probably 15 years or so, Joyce Myers wrote a book, The Battlefield of the Mind. And so if people don't think that we're in a battle, a spiritual battle, then they're already defeated. Amen? Because we are in a spiritual battle. And that battle is for our mind, our mind, our will, and our emotions. The enemy comes to steal our soul, amen, which is comprised of that, our mind, our will, and our emotions. But the biggest fight is in our mind. And our will is the ability to, or the desire to do things, you know. And so we have to make sure that we guard our heart, guard our mind in everything that we go through, all the stress, all the pressures of the day. We have to ensure that we take time to reflect on our day and look at all the things that we've dealt with and make sure that we're dealing with things in a healthy way, amen? Because we see, even with these mass shootings, people are not dealing with things in a healthy manner, amen? Because they're taking matters into their own hands to what they think is the best, the, what's best, the best thing to do, amen? But we know that that's not the best thing to do because the Word of God tells us we shouldn't commit murder, right? And so, but... Obviously, there's a deficit, and people are being, not being taught the Word of God anymore. Even in the, the halls of justice, the Ten Commandments have been removed. Prayer has been removed from school. So all the core belief systems of a Christian believer 
have been removed from most facets of society, which is what this nation was supposedly built upon. And so we've gotten so far away from what, God, what this, what this um, nation was built upon and what God's will is for America that it's just sad to see. But we're seeing the results of it, and then we wonder why so many things are happening, why there's so much calamity, why there's so much tragedy. So we're going to take a look at the word and see how, what it says in regards to how we are to control our thoughts, how we are to handle our minds, and what thoughts we're listening to. Are they God's thoughts? Are they the devil's thoughts? Are they our thoughts? They're coming from somewhere, and we have to know. Amen? Because when you look at some of the heinous crimes that are taking place, how can anybody in their right mind do the things that have been done? Amen? Ephesians 4 and 22 through 24. I'll be reading the ESV version. Now that we're in Christ and we're in God's kingdom, we have to change how we think, how we view things, how we see the world, how we operate in this world. Amen? You know, it's seldom, it's seldom heard anymore that a life lived for God is a life of sacrifice. I mean, who wants to do that? I mean, when the culture is telling us, do what you want to do, do you, and we're talking about a life of sacrifice. But we do have to live a life of sacrifice. In Romans 12, 1, it says, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry, Ephesians uh, 4, 22 to 24. You know, I think I missed that, but I'm going to go on to Romans 12 and 1. Can you put 422 up? You guys have it? See, this is why you don't rely on all this electronic stuff, and you still need your Bible with the pages in it, amen? So you can turn to it. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen? So we see the shift. There's a shift in thinking that how we are to, we are to live in righteousness and holiness. We don't hear those words echoed in school anymore. We don't hear those words echoed in the community anymore. We don't hear it echoed even in some churches anymore. Amen? But God's word is true. We have to continue to live a life for God. We have to continue to, to walk according to his word. In Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2, uh, we, we're talking about uh, just a little bit about living a life of sacrifice. It says, because in a culture where we're living for ourselves, we don't view the value of anyone else. Amen? If we don't view the value of anyone else, then a person's life means absolutely nothing to us. And so then we can easily walk into a crowded space and spray bullets because that's what we feel we want to do. That's what we feel we need to handle the situation. This is how we feel we need to rectify whatever wrong has been done to us or how we're going to lash out because this is what I feel like doing. You know, even with all these video games and everything else and all the desensitization, desensitizing that has taken place, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, it is desensitizing our kids to violence, amen? 
you can say what you want, but for someone who has never picked up a gun but one time can kill a mass amount of people with accuracy, these video games play a large part, large part of that, amen? I was sharing with someone the other day that even when I was in the military, um, we trained on simulators before we ever put a weapon in our hand. And that was back in the mid-80s, early 80s, you know. You learned how to shoot using a simulator before you went out to the practice range and started using live ammo and, live, and handling real weapons. And so it's nothing new. It's just more advanced, to be honest with you. And so we have to be mindful of what it is that our children and grandchildren are looking at and watching and what has their attention. What's going on in their mind? If killing is in their mind, all it needs is an opportunity. Amen? Because, again, the battlefield is in our mind, our thoughts. How am I going to solve my problems? Well, I'm going to just take them all out. And that's been the mindset through all these mass killings, that they're going to just take out whoever that steps in their way. Amen? And so we have to begin to live a life of sacrifice, serving others, living for others, and our lives are not about ourselves. We have to teach these things. We have to teach the principles of God. Amen? Romans 12 and 1. Brothers and sisters, in view of all we have just shared about God's compassion, I encourage you to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, dedicated to God and pleasing to him. This kind of worship is appropriate for you. Don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Tell someone, say, change the way you think. This kind of worship, uh, then you will always be able to determine what God really wants what is good, pleasing, and perfect. Amen? Because we know that all these other things, people say that they're doing things in the name of God, but how can you say you're doing it in the name of God when you have no relationship with God, first and foremost? And then, or if you do, I have to question that relationship when he's a God of love, and we understand he's a God of justice, mercy, kindness, goodness. God is love, amen? And so if we say that we have the Spirit of God in us, then we should be demonstrating those facets that we see in our God and our Creator, amen? We have to think about the thoughts that we're thinking. What Are we thinking good thoughts, bad thoughts, indifferent thoughts, or we just don't want to think at all? We just want to shut down, not think at all. But we have to realize that we still live in this world, and we are spiritual beings living in this world. And there are things that are going on around us spiritually. If you hear me kind of jerk like the every once in a while, I'm having back spasms. So keep me in your prayer. Um, so we have to be mindful of the things that we're doing and the thoughts that we have and how we're controlling our thought life. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8 talks about that a little bit. It's talk about the thoughts that we're thinking. And when we think about thoughts that we're thinking, we have to think about our self-image. How do we see ourselves? Because a lot of times the thought we think are a reflection of who we are. Amen? And it's a reflection of our, our actions and not just our thoughts, but also our actions because every thought leads to an action. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. So God's word tells us what we should be focused on, amen? It's so easy to focus on the negative. 
And that's one of the things to try to teach my children on, and even as we're having conversation, it's easy to focus on the negative, amen? We see that in the media. We see it in conversations. You know, we see it in, in the neighborhoods. It's easy to focus on the things that, negative, that negatively affect our lives or negatively affect our loved ones. It says, Isaiah 26 and 3. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So God has a peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And so we have to understand that we have, to, we have a responsibility. If we read God's word, he will give us what we need. Amen? Again, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah 26.3 says, our thoughts oftentimes we need to cast down our thoughts. The Bible tells us that we are to cast down wicked imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. If we know that God wants us to think good thoughts, lovely thoughts, pure thoughts, then why all the negative things we allow to come into our mind and how we would handle situations? So we have to change how we think. We have to control our thought life. We have to put it under subjection. We have to place it under blood. Even when we get angry, amen? The Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. But we have to also remember, we have to give those things to God. Because if we allow it to just stew and brew in us, there's going to be a corresponding action that may not be favorable, amen? Because we're going to handle things the way we want to handle them. Not the way God's word tells us as Christians to handle things, amen? But we have to make sure that we are not doing what the culture is doing, following the lead of the culture. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your disobedience is com- when you- when your obedience is complete. So again, we don't walk in the flesh; we walk in the spirit. Amen. And so then, again, we're in a spiritual war. Whether you believe it or not, you are in a spiritual war, and that war is for your soul. So if the enemy can whisper thoughts in your ear to cause you to have a negative response or negative action that calls you to do something, whether you end up in prison, whether you end up dead, or you end up killing somebody else, it's still, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's stealing your livelihood, stealing you away from your family, he's stealing someone's life away from their family, and destroying relationships, you're destroying lives, amen? And he's destroying uh, generational things because when we know that if it's a father or even if it's a mother that's lost, those children are going to have a deficit. They're going to suffer a deficit somewhere because of that loss of a parent, a loved one, or whoever was taking care of them. And so we have to be careful that we understand that we cannot respond or have a knee-jerk response to every thought that we have. Amen? Amen? 
you know, there are some people that say, well, I just say whatever comes to my mind. Well, that's not always the best thing to do, amen? And so some people, you know, you know them. I think we all got them in our family. They just say whatever. No filter, we say. No filter. They have no filter whatsoever. They just say the first thing that comes to mind. And so we have to bridle our tongue, as the Bible tells us. We are to have a filter, amen? We cannot just get people told, say what comes to mind, especially in this day and age, because people are so violent in this day and age, and we know that we're fulfilling prophecy, we're fulfilling the Word of God as these things are taking place. I don't know if you guys remember when Bishop was talking about, in, in Revelations, where he was talking about the pale horse, the white horse, and all the different things, and how death and hell are going to be released in the earth, and because they're going to be assigned to kill so many people in the earth. And we have to understand that we all are created for God's purpose. We're all created because of the sovereignty of God, we have to understand that even though we don't understand some things, that we all have a purpose. Amen? And so I'm not saying that God wants people to be murdered and killed because he wants everyone to be saved that can be saved. Amen? But we know that there are some that cannot. And we, have to, we, have, we cannot be confused by that. There are some people that cannot be saved. Amen? And that's the ones you see doing these heinous crimes, and then they turn around. What do they do? They don't repent. I've never heard of one repenting. They kill themselves in the process of it. Amen? Because they don't want to pay the penalty for their actions. They don't want to be judged for their actions. You know? So they take a coward way out, and they commit suicide. God even deals with anxiety. I've never, you know, it's been said that one in every five, or even one in every four, depending on what statistics you're looking at, People have mental disorders. And so just think, that's, I mean, that's it's not a large spread. That means somebody very close to you could potentially be dealing with something mentally, amen? And so then we have to understand that God is still in control. God can handle every anxiety. He can, uh, uh, he can handle all of our nervousness. He can, he can handle all of our anger. Whatever it is, if we give it to God, he can deal with it. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 helps us with that because God don't want us to just be anxious about things. There's so much going on, how are we going to make it, how are we going to do this? Gas is $6, almost $6 a gallon. Some states it is over $6 a gallon. And all the things, how are we going to make it financially? You know, so people are picking and choosing where they go, what they do, and planning out their routes to make sure that they are staying Financially responsible, I guess, the best way to say it. But at the same time, we cannot live in fear and as if God cannot take care of us. Amen? God will provide. He is a provider, and he will continue to provide no matter what takes place. Philippians 4, 4 through 9, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. See, we have to be happy. We have to remind ourselves. Sometimes we got to talk to ourselves. Man, why are you down? Okay, you need to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Begin to praise. Begin to pray. Seek God's face and just begin to worship him. And the next thing you know, that feeling, which was temporary, will change. Amen? Most of the thoughts, most of the feelings that we feel are temporary. Amen? And so we cannot make a life decision based on a temporary feeling. So we have to make sure that we, again, we get back in the presence of God and we begin to rejoice. Okay, I'm not going to lose the victory. I'm not going to lose hope. 
you know, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. It says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, say the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. It says, finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So there's a whole list of things that we can think about to get our minds off of our troubles, our challenges, our situations, whatever's going on, whatever negative thing that has impacted us in our day. There's a way to remedy all of that without letting it bottle up and let it fester in us. Amen? Because we know when we just let things fester and it brews, things get to a boiling point. Amen? And what happens when a pot boils over? It doesn't care who's in the way. It doesn't care what's in the way when it boils over. Amen? So we want to make sure that we don't get to that boiling point that we make sure that we step back. Okay, God, I need your help. I need your help. I feel myself getting to that place. Well, some people might say, I feel my blood pressure rising. Amen. So we need to step back and allow God and the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Amen. And to allow all those negative thoughts, all those negative feelings, all those emotions, which are temporary, to pass. Amen. And even dealing with our fears, 2 Timothy 1.7, God deals with our fears. You know, fear has been said to be false evidence appearing real. You know, and most cases, it's true. You know, 90, uh, I forgot the percentage, but the majority of the fear or the pressure that we feel is unreal. It's about 70% of it. About 70% of it is unreal. We create all these dynamics and all these constructs in our mind that builds up all the anxiety that we feel because of the what-ifs of life. Because what if this? What if that? Or what if my boss, you know, what if I get fired tomorrow? We build up all these constructs versus going to God and saying, God, hey, I need your help. We have to always remember God is a very present help. Amen. And he's always there to help us, no matter what the situation is. He's a very present help. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. Power, love, and self-control. So when people say, I can't help myself, it's not true not true. You don't want to help yourself. You, you just want to respond and react because that's what you want to do. But God's word clearly tells us he gives us self-control. And if you don't have that self-control, then you have to ask by first becoming a believer and walking in God's word and according to his word and living according to his word. And then a lot of these things that we used to do, we don't have to continue in those patterns or continue in those behaviors anymore. Amen? Because, again, we have to renew our minds. 
We can't, we're in the kingdom now. There's a different way of doing things. There's a different way of dealing with things. And we got to do it the way God says do it. Amen? So we have to open up our hearts, receive God's word, receive the help of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like having a tutor in life that we never check with and, or deal with to help us throughout our life, lifetime, amen, or life situations. You know, just like we got a problem, okay, we'll ask everybody, but we won't ask God and we won't ask the Holy Spirit to help us with it. But we'll ask everybody else their opinion. We'll even throw it out there on Facebook to see what kind of response we get. Or, you know, throw it on Instagram or whatever, tweet it out there. Just, you know, I got a friend who's dealing with X, Y, Z. What do y'all think? You know, but we won't go to God. God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm dealing with. I need your help. Show me in your word how I can deal with this. Show me in your word the answer to help me with my fears. Help me with my anxiety. Help me for, from lashing out. I need more self-control because I'm hurting people around me. I'm hurting the ones that I love because I won't control my anger. I won't control my fears. I won't control my mouth. Whatever it is. Amen? Again, the Bible says we are to bridle our tongues. So we don't hurt the ones that we love. Because those are the ones that take the brunt of it. The ones that deserve it oftentimes just get off scot-free. But we hurt the ones that we love because they're the closest to us. And so we have to make sure that we put ourselves in a healthy place by reading God's word, meditating on his word, and living out his word. We, I don't think the culture understands that you're being indoctrinated by someone. Either you're being indoctrinated by what you're watching and spending uh, 85% of your time looking at on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, that's getting in your spirit because that's what you spend the most time looking at, reading, watching. Amen? So we have our eye gates, our ear gates, and our spirit is open to the things that we see and hear, but we're not focusing on what God's Word says, so then we now begin to be indoctrinated by these things which now we begin to question God's word. Amen? And that's where we begin to lose the battle because now anytime there's doubt and we begin to question God's word, then we're losing the help that's available to us. Amen? And not only that, we're losing our relationship with God because God is a God of love and whatever we love, we learn about, right? So whether it's marriage, whether it's about our mate, spouse, family, we learn as much as we can because we love them. Amen? And so when we don't do that, then we're saying we don't care. And so then we have to get in God's word. What does God's word say regarding it? God, how do I love past this? How do I love past my hurts? How do I love past my fears? How do I love past my anxiety? You know, because, again, love covers a multitude of sin. So no matter what comes at us, we can love it away. Amen? We can choose to. Let me put it that way. We can choose to hold on to it, or we can choose to apply the love of God to it. Amen? It's a choice. God has given us the choice. Again, what's, on, what's in your heart? What's in your mind? What's going on with you? We'll talk about everybody else's problems except for our own. 
You know, we'll try to analyze everybody else while we suffer in silence. So we have to go and reflect and go to God. Okay, God, this is what I'm dealing with. We got to be open and honest, naked and unashamed to be before the presence of God and tell him what's going on with us. Amen? Forget about everybody else's drama. I need to deal with my own. Amen? And if most people would deal with their own drama, life would be so much simpler. The world would be so much better. Amen? We have to fight to keep our minds in a good place, in a good space, or head space. Proverbs 4.23. So it's a constant fight each and every day because there's something and someone that's going to try to tick you off every day. Guarantee you. The enemy don't fight. The devil doesn't fight fair. You know, you get up and your, your, your spouse kind of mumbles good morning and you thought he said something else. Or you thought she said something else. And now it's on before you can even brush your teeth. You know, we got to stop that. Amen? Give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, back it up. Rewind it. You know, would I, would I want to be someone to come at me that way? You know, or I have the choice to change the situation and the outcome by my response. So it's all in how we respond to things. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Keep your heart. We have to fight our heart, our mind. We have to fight to keep our mind in a good place and a good space. Amen? We have to fight for that daily. God, I'm fighting to keep myself in a good place and a good head space. Amen? When people just let their thoughts run wild and run free with them, that's how they end up doing the things that they do because it goes unchecked. Amen? And they just begin to respond and react based on how they feel. We have to go beyond our feelings. Amen? Again, remember, feelings are what? Temporary. Say that with me. Feelings are temporary. They're subject to change. And I have the choice and I have the power to change them. 2 Corinthians 10.5. So we have more power over our situations than we realize. So there's no need for us to feel hopeless and helpless and then we lash out as a result. We have a lot more power than we realize. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So again, we have to cast down some imaginations as the New Testament says, casting down wicked imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. You know, it's a little bit more poetic sometimes when you read it from the King James Version. Casting down wicked imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Because again, Christ teaches us how to deal with things through love, through the lens of love, not through hate, not through murder, not through violence, but through love. We have to submit our minds to God. When we don't, we fail to invite him into our thoughts, 
rationale, reasonings, decision-making, and expect him to bless whatever we decide to do. Not considering his plan for our lives, because we already got our own. And we don't understand how our thoughts may not line up with God's word and may not line up with God's plan for our life. So then we have to back it up, rewind it when we see things are not going the right way. We expect it to go straight, but it's all this, all this, all this that creates frustration, creates anxiety because there's ebbs and flows to what we're trying to achieve and what we're trying to do. And we're building up all this stress along the way. And all these problems are compounding. And all these weights are, uh, are on us. And we're not leaving them at the altar anymore. It says, cast every weight, every care on the Lord. Amen? We're supposed to cast them on the Lord. We're supposed to take his yoke upon us. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But we like to carry all the heavy load because sometimes we just like to brag about how much stuff we got to deal with. Some of us wear it as a badge. You know what? I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. But that's not a good thing. That shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a normal thing. Yeah, there's times and seasons where we deal with a lot of things, a lot of stresses, a lot of pressure, because God is trying to get the best out of us. Amen. So he allowed the enemy to come at us, just like with Job. He allowed stress and pressure to see what was going to come out of him. And so when we go through life challenges and the hard things of life, are we going to give up or are we going to find out what's really in us? What's really in us? What's really making us tick? What's really holding us together? It has to be God. There's an enemy of our soul who wants us to believe that the cult, believe the culture and that we can live any kind of way, do anything we want to do, and it's okay. God forbid. We are in a constant fight without, with our thought life and the thoughts we think, thoughts the devil sends our way and the thought God sends us. Because we all, as believers, are trying to hear what God is saying. And it's a struggle. With all the distractions in life, it's a struggle hearing what God is saying. You know? And sometimes we miss God because is it our thought? Is it the devil's thought? He's trying to make it seem like it's something good. And then you find yourself entwined in something that you shouldn't have never been in because you missed it. You weren't diligent about protecting your head space and keeping it in a good place. And so you find yourself somewhere you shouldn't be, dealing with things that you shouldn't have to deal with, all because of the decisions that we make. Because again, every thought leads to an action. All you need is the right opportunity or situation or circumstance, and there's gonna be an action. But we wanna make sure we're taking the right actions. So again, there's a war against our thoughts. Romans 7.23, we have to understand that it's a constant battle, and it's not going to get any easier. And if you don't think that you're in a war, throw a little realistic humor in there, ask the Ukraine. I don't think they thought they was in a realistic war, but they found out soon enough that they were, amen, and to the demise of a lot of people. And so... We have to know where we're at and what's going on around us at all times. We have to be vigilant. 
we have to, again, we have to protect our thought life. We got to be able to hear we, clearly. We got to be able to focus on what's going on, what's reality and what's not, you know, because we're living in a world where they're pushing all this virtual stuff, all this virtual this, virtual that, you know. So you unplug and you go into this virtual, unreal world where everything is whatever you want it to be. And that's supposed to fix our problems? No. You're throwing a Band-Aid on a floodgate. It's not going to hold it. Amen? It's a temporary thing and a very short and a very small fix. It says, Romans 7.23, But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me captive to the laws of sin that dwells in my members. Because, again, our thoughts unchecked leads to sin. Amen? So that's the war that we're in. We're in a war, waging war against sin. But it begins in our mind. Every action, every thought, everything starts with, it all begins with a thought in our mind. And then the more we think about that thought, the more we think about it, the more we think about it, it leads to an action. All you need is the perfect opportunity. And how many of you know that the devil will create the perfect situation and perfect opportunity for you to hurt somebody, go off on somebody, kill somebody? Because that's what he does. Amen? I can't, I've never seen so many programs on TV where they show these behaviors and it's desensitizing the world to it. They say, oh, that's just television. That's just Hollywood. They're showing you how the devil operates. Anybody ever seen that program called Lucifer? He, tell, he, he was telling them who he was, and they, didn't, they wouldn't believe him. He said, I'm the morning, Lucifer Morningstar is his name. And he would tell them that he's the devil, and they, they just wouldn't believe him. So all, this is how the world is being bamboozled by the enemy. So again, we are in a war. We're in a war for our souls. Amen? Colossians 3, 1 and 2. So again, let's not be unfortunate like the Ukraine who thought that war was not imminent. Then they found themselves scrambling to fight in a war that they were already behind in. There was no way, there's no way you're going to be a bigger, a bigger enemy and you start late in the race. Amen? No amount of aid, help is going to make it to you in time. I was in the military. You know, you have to be prepared. It was always about readiness. It was always about being prepared for every situation. And God's word helps us with that. It helps us prepare for life's situations, life challenges, life struggles, life events. The Word of God helps us with that. Amen? And so we have to know that God is for us. No matter what happens, God is for us. And His Word has an answer for anything that the enemy can throw our way. Amen? So Colossians 1 and 2, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father, uh, the right hand of God. This translation says right hand of, of God. 
Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Amen? So, again, it's about where we're going, not where we are, but where we're going. Again, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am you may be also. Because in my Father's house there are many mansions. And so he's going to prepare a place for us. All we got to do is believe God's word. We got to get back to believing all of it, saints, not part of it, but all of it. You know, we didn't have a lot of these problems before when we believed. So all we got to do is turn that believing back on again. Let's start believing God for the impossible. Let's start believing God for miracles, signs, and wonders. Let's start believing God that he can answer our, our prayers, that God can fix our situations. He can give us the answers that we need. Let's start back believing. Let's turn our believer back on. Let's fan the flame of believing with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's encourage one another. Let's call each other up. Fan the flame. Amen. Let's not talk about this, that, and the other, and we don't fan the flame so we can deal with our issues. We can help one another. Let iron sharpen iron. Let's be sharp for one another. Let's help one another. Let's deal with the thoughts that I think, because the thoughts that you think only make sense to you. The thoughts that you think only make sense to you. So we need other people in our lives. We used to have prayer partners. People have gotten away from that. Oh, I, people are just messy. I'm just going to stay to myself. Well, everybody can't be messy. But it takes being vulnerable. It takes being vulnerable. And you have to trust God. And that don't mean you just go tell everybody your business. I'm not saying that at all. But ask God, God, who you can send my way that will help me? God will send someone. You know, again, God is a very present help. The Holy Spirit is there with us always. So, again, like Paul said, building ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. A lot of folks don't even talk about the Holy Spirit anymore or the Holy Ghost. And so then we wonder why we're weak and we're infirmed in the church and why we have all the symptoms that the world has, mental challenges, anxiety, frustration. I'm not saying that they're not real. They are real. They're very much real. But we have a God that is the God of all creation. No matter what has been done, what has been created, whatever thoughts been, we have a God that can handle every situation. Amen? So again, let's turn our believer back on. Let's believe God for the impossible. Let's believe God to heal this world and, and these that have anxiety, these that are out here doing these mass killings and shootings, those that are struggling in their mind, even right now, those that are struggling with decisions that they want to make to hurt others. Father, begin to even touch them even now. Father, we ask that you would go into their room, go into where they're at, their secret place, their hiding place, because they're hiding. They're hiding in the darkness so they can come out and create and wreak havoc in this world. So, Father, we ask that you would even dis uh, expose them even right now expose their evil intent and evil will that they desire to do. Father, that you would bring light to it even right now. Father, let them be stopped even where they're at. Those that have done it and got away with it, Father, convict their hearts, cause them to turn themselves in. Those in drive-by shootings that have killed the innocent, Father, you burden their heart to cause them to turn themselves in. So, Father, we thank you even right now, Father, that you gird up our loins, Father God. Help us to get our thought life in check. Father, we thank you. We need your help, oh God. We trust in you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. We need to get out of our own heads, Father God. We need you. Amen. Amen. Again, the problem is often too many times we don't consider God or his word concerning our situations, our challenges, and our thought life. We have to trust God with our whole hearts. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, I'll be closing here soon. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lead into your own understanding. Amen? Trust in the Lord with, your, with all your heart, our whole heart. Taking our thoughts, taking everything that we're encountering, taking it to God. God, I need your help. We have to become vulnerable. Who else to become vulnerable to than our God? Matthew 15, 11, it is not what goes in the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out that defiles a person. So we have a responsibility of what we allow to come forth out of our mouth. We have the ability to bridle our tongues. God's word declares that we have the ability to do that. So we got to make sure that we're not hurting people because we're hurting. Amen? Amen? And that's what's going on in the world. People are hurting other people because they're hurting. So we just have to continue to release the love of God everywhere we go. Continue to pray for healing for this nation. Continue to pray for those with mental illnesses and those that are struggling. We have to continue to pray, amen? And believe God for the testimonies of how God stopped them, how God changed their heart, how God touched their hearts not to do what they were going to do, you know? So we have to begin to turn our believer back on again and trust God. Mark 9, 23, closing. You can stand to your feet as you prepare to close with this passage of Scripture. Mark 9, 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. What has our attention? What has our focus? And is it detaining us from the purpose and future God wants for and has for us? We really need to take inventory and take some time to self-reflect daily to see how productive we've been in God's kingdom. And from being a witness to communing with God, to just simply meditating on his word, and most of all, sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with others. You never know what life you're going to impact by sharing your faith. Amen? You never know. Again, one, one plant, another water, God gives the increase. So you don't know what part of that stage you're in when you share your faith and bring hope to others. And being able to share a kind word, again, whatsoever things are lovely, pure, just, you know, we have to think about those things as we share our faith with the world, because the world needs us, amen? They need the God in us more than they need us. They need the God in us. So just lift your hands, if you will. Father, we just pray even now. Even as we've heard your word and we've read through the scriptures, how you have an answer for everything that we can ever encounter. All the anxiety, all the fears, all the frustration, all the stress that plagues our mind on a daily basis. Lord, we thank you that you are 
a God of peace. You give us your peace. You give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, that it guards our heart and mind. Father, we thank you for it even now. Father, we thank you that your word continues to grow in us, continues to spill up out of us as we share our faith with this world. Father, you said that you wish that none should perish, but all should come unto repentance. And Father, even now, I pray for those that are listening, either over the internet, uh, even here in person, that they have a desire to give their life to you. Father, that they will repeat this prayer as I pray it. Father, I ask that you would come into my heart, be Lord of my life, not part of it, but all of it. I need you. I can't make it without you. Lord, save me. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sin, and not only for my sin, but the sin of the whole world. And I ask, I ask him to come into my heart, to be Lord of my life, to save me from eternal damnation, and I'll serve him with all my heart and with everything that's within me. So, Lord, I thank you even now that even as they pray this prayer, that you receive them and that you would fill them with the baptism of your Holy Spirit. Even as they ask, Lord, fill me with the baptism of your Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Father, we thank you even now that you would send your Holy Spirit, fill them, keep them, and, Father, change their life both now and forever. Lord, we thank you and we just give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you that you're moving, Father God, that you're stopping all these senseless murders and killings. Father, that you're intervening in the affairs of man. And Father, even as we lift you up, Father, you said, if I be lifted up, that you would draw all men unto you. So, Lord, we ask that you would draw, even by your spirit. You said a threefold cord is not easily broken. So, Father, we thank you that you're drawing. You, the Holy Spirit, and your son, Jesus Christ, is drawing with cords of love. So, Father, we just thank you even right now for the saving of souls. Father, I thank you that something that I said tonight will, has blessed, touched, and changed lives. Father, I thank you even right now as I yield myself to you and have yielded myself to you, that you continue to bless this congregation, Father God. Bless those that have heard the word over the internet. And Father, change their lives or allow them to change the lives of others by sharing their faith. Father, let us turn our believing back on again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.